Shomrabyog. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Collecting Issues, where this week we'll be taking a look at Planetary Volume 1, the 1998 graphic novel Collecting Issues 1 to 6 of the classic Wildstorm comic by Warren Ellis and John Cassidy. Yeah, you've done it. I see you've embellished it a little bit there, Ben, with a graphic novel in there. I like your new... Yes, I... I... A little lot. A little, uh, yeah. Lot I like your stance. I like your new attitude to comic books, Benjamin. Yes. This was a real trip down memory lane for me. I went down Nostalgia Avenue. I turned right onto Flashback Avenue. Also, not great naming scheme in this city. And I took a stroll down Nostalgia Lane. I've forgotten. Is that what I said? Y- yeah, you got it. You, you got it. You, you nailed it, uh, Michael. This was this was not at all a trip down memory lane. It was more of a, a shameful kind of final final first reading of uh, of the bloody series that I, I should have been reading years ago. Apparently, I've, get out of here, Benjamin. Have you never read this up until now? I've never read a planetary, Michael. My my experience with planetary was the planetary Batman crossover. Oh yes, the bizarre planetary Batman crossover. Yeah, that Warren Ellis did at one point. Yeah, um, I mean that's not a great representation of planetary. No, it isn't. It is in fact, Michael, a yeah. terrible representation of planetary, and it put me off reading them again because I went, well, if that's bloody planetary, I'll be having less of the less of the bloody planet and more yeah. off planetary. Yeah, get away, get, get out of here. Yeah, uh, more yeah. more so. monetary. Benjamin, that leads <laughs> yeah. us almost bloody silkily into the question of what even is planetary, Ben? In any ways, well, Michael, yes. Michael, picture this. I will. We were both caught naked. Lying on the bathroom floor. Benjamin, look, it wasn't me. That's all I can say. (laughs) So what happens in Planetary is you're introduced to a bloody bloody moody old so-and-so in issue one. He's dressed all in white. And we find out this... This gruff character is called Mr. Elijah Snow. Yeah. And he's he's bloody approached by a big sexy lady. Yes. Um, in some very fetching Dominatrix-esque gear. Yes, um, some leather And wear. she recruits him to be part of Planetary. And he has no idea what that is. He's like, what what, what even bloody is Planetary? Yeah. Um, similar to yourself there, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he has joined a trio. And this trio are, are what they call, they refer to themselves as archaeologists, Michael. Mm. Um, archaeologists of what, Ben? Archaeologists of the strange, Michael. Right. The strange and unexplained. In fact, the the kind of true line of this entire is uh, of this entire series is the world is strange, and I intend to keep it that way. Yes, I like it. Um, so this is what we're at, and I suppose one of the more interesting things about this comic, Michael, is it's almost not at all connected in the first couple of issues. Um, in this in this volume one, Michael, yes. we're kind of jumping around all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we a dash and wobble over here, a crab walk over there, a clickety click over here. Yes, volume one, Ben. As you said, it's six independent stories. With this, there is a hint, Ben. There's a little nudgy winky that there's a grander mystery going on in the background, and who is the fourth mm. man, and who is Elijah Snow, and there's all those mysteries, and they're sneaking around there in the back of your head. But that's real good. But but. That's not what this is about. This is six independent little mystery revelation stories. And, and ooh-wee, Michael, they're doozies. Aren't they, Ben? They are indeed. Yes. Um, I suppose we should probably... I, I think, Michael, it's probably important for us to take a look at issue one. Because that's right. really our introductory issue in the whole setup here. So, Well, funnily um, enough, Ben, my version contains an issue zero. Just contradicting <gasps> what you've just said. But go on. <laughs> what's, what's an issue zero? It's a, a kind of prequel teaser thing. 
Look, we'll start with issue one. That's fine. Oh, God. I feel like a fool now. What a fool, I would say. Oh, what but a Benjamin, fool. Anyway, Benjamin. Uh, let's, anyway, let's... we're introduced to Mr. Elijah Snow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose he's a classic 90s character in the sense that he's a big bloody bastard. Yeah. Um, he's, a, he's a big bloody bastard. Um, and he's in line with the likes of... Um, Any character with... Warren Ellis has ever written. Yeah, but he's in line with people like John Constantine. Yeah. Um, this kind of thing. He's he's a real gruff bastard, but he'll get the job done. Mm. Um and he's bloody in a, a terrible cafe in the middle of nowhere, and bloody sexy Jaquita Wagner walks in and she's like, Hey, come work for me. And yeah, he's come. like, Okay, we'll do. Yeah, you uh, we'll bitch. give you a haircut and a paycheck. And he's like, Okie doke. Yeah. Um so he comes back and he does that little bit of work. And as you said, Michael, they kind of go around solving mysteries. He's introduced to the third member of the team and he's called The Drummer. Yeah. Just The Drummer. There is no alias. His no. name is The Drummer. First name, okay, that's the what it is. last name, And what drummer. he does is he gives a little bit of reading of information. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael, he, he can really tap into the information out there in the in the ether and read it just fine. Um, and the first issue, I suppose, is a love letter from Warren Ellis to every single pulp hero that came before. Yes, um, pulp heroes, Ben, who came before, and the erosion of the popularity of those pulp heroes by superheroes. Yes, in the most on the nose <laughs> paralleling <laughs> ever. Um, well, Ben, so if, you, so if you look at it right, they have this uh, story where they've created this computer. Lord Tarzan, Tarzan, Lord Blackenstock. Yeah, the the Phantom. Um, yes. That guy who's kind of like Batman, but with guns. What's his name? I can't remember. Uh, he is the Dead Ranger. Yeah, f- yeah. but what's the character, the re- real character he's based on? Uh, Brett Leather. No, not Brett Leather. It's, I think it's Brett Leather, actually. Brett uh, Leather. What, I mean, it's... Oh, it's, sorry. He's based on the Lone Ranger. Sorry, he's based he? on the Lone okay. Ranger. Um, yeah. I mean, you've got your Tarzan. You've got your Phantom. You've got your Fu Manchu. You've got yes, all of these her- characters. And they're setting up their secret society, Ben. And they create a machine that open, that creates universes and then destroys them once the calculation that is needed is created, which is brilliant. But Ben, that kind of callous cr- destruction of universes was the entire plot of Jonathan Hickman's big Marvel event a few years ago, Battleworld. Yeah, and I know. It, it had a very similar little twist where the Justice League, in this case, of one of the universes come out comes out to try and beat them up. Hey, listen, lads! Yeah. Blowing up entire worlds for a bit of banter—not cool. Yeah, not um, sound. So this this Justice League parallel comes out, and it bloody goes at it with the gang. And the the pulp heroes are very very lucky to kind of get away. In fact, uh, most of them aren't. They don't. Ben, they all get one killed. One man who kind of makes it, and that's uh, Doc Brass, who is a, a big homage to the very 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 famous pulp hero Doc Savage. Yes. Um. In fact, Doc Savage was known as the Man of Bronze, hence the Doc Brass. See, it's very, it's very closely moniker, related. Very on the nose. Anyway, it turns out he got bloody trapped in their secret headquarters. Um, Michael, it's a place called the Ad- Adrianax. Adrianax. I've never really known how to pronounce that. That has all... Yeah. Uh, they're real mountains in real New York. And Arendax? I don't know. You're asking the wrong guy, Michael. Yeah. You're asking the wrong we guy. We could get a New Yorker on. They'd tell us. But Ben, yeah. look, we're not here to recap this because everyone listening to this has read this comic already. Yeah, you've read it already. We're here uh, to... But anyway, this sets us up. It's, it's Elijah Snow's and our first introduction to this mad, crazy, multiversal world. Mm-hmm. Um, how can I protect you in this quantum world? Um, goes, yeah. Yeah. So we go through that. And then 
subsequently over the next few issues um, we kind of realised that poor old Elijah Snow has, has serious memory loss issues yeah. he's bloody wandering through a bloody snowstorm of his own Hard can't figure good. anything out um, and then as we move through that we kind of go on different adventures uh, issue number two is kind of a love letter to the, the big monster movies from Japan in the 1960s yeah. The Godzillas, the Gojiras. Um, there's a bit of a piss take of uh, Murakami in there for some reason. The, the author Murakami um, and that kind of cult of Japanese writing. Yeah. I'm not sure why they take the piss out of that. Then we get an El Tokyo crime story kind of tip of the hat to all the 80s crime movies of Tokyo. Hong Kong, but yeah, you're pretty much on Hong the Hong Kong, sorry, sorry. Hong Kong. Ooh, that's going to get me in trouble somewhere. Um <laughs> Then we get our Captain Marvel, kind of original Captain Marvel, Pulp Hero, Starship Victorian and Steampunk Enterprise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, And then moving on from there, we get a little Doc Brass backstory. And finally, we finish with uh, the revelation of our kind of series antagonist. And that's the four. The Fantastic Four, Um, Ben, but what if they were bad? The Fantastic Four and what if they were bad? Because, Michael, as you know, the Fantastic Four is Marvel's premiere Mm-hmm. Uh, Marvel's premier super family and they would be the big bads in this universe where superheroes eroded um, pulp heroes yes they they would be the big bloody bastards at the end of the tunnel yes well I mean the whole theme of these six issues is basically superheroes versus every other type of pulp storytelling yes it's very it, meta so you have in, in issue two you have your Japanese monster movies which you know, mysteriously appeared in the 50s and then kind of died off in the 70s. Ben, Rather rapidly for no The joke reason. is, Ben, you see, the joke is, Ben, that's what happened in real life. Yes, I know. Do you in see? Fact, it's very on the nose because yeah. um, Jaquita Wagner says at one point, oh no, the, the one of the soldiers who guards the island said, oh no, it's Jaquita Wagner. She says, um, they never left the island and they never reproduced. Um, and we don't know why yeah. and it was just like okay yeah, that's well I think that was a little joke about it not being massively popular outside of Japan Ben I'll explain that yes, for I you yes I suppose it bloody was Michael I'll explain it's that all very you. bloody meta it's all, all very, very meta isn't meta. it issue 3 isn't madly meta uh, issue 3 is the to- one about uh, Hong Kong Ghost Story Hong Kong Ghost Cup Hong Kong Ghost Cup. It's classic. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, it's um, pretty interesting. I think it's just another kind of delve into this uh, multiversal theory kind of thing because Hong Kong Ghost Cup reveals the big multi-dimensional engine bubbling mm. under Hong Kong, made of co- ghost cups, made of made of made of ghost cups, yeah. stacks and stacks of ghost cups. Um, I kind of like Kung Fu, uh, Hong Kong Kung Fu Ghost Cup. He's one of my favorite characters in it. I, I he's pretty I interesting. He's like. I, my favourite line from that, Michael, and it's the most noir line that I've come across in a comic in a very long I gotta, time. I've got to stop across you, Ben. You came here expecting to find blah uh, blah but yeah. it turns out it was just us. And then Chiquita yeah. says, did he say justice? And and Snow says, no, just us. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that, that, Ben, that mm. was the first ever, the reason I'm able to quote that so poorly is that was the first ever comic book line that I read and I went, yeah, that's good writing. That's good. <laughs> that's good writing. Oh, I like that. That's clever. Because Just Us does sound a little bit like Justice. Very good. Very good. I'm into this. That's, yes, uh, and you were soldy woldy. Yeah. All, all, uh, here's my stock, sir. <laughs> cash him in for a bloody comic. Um, Aside from the so, fact as well, I really enjoy Kung, Hong Kong Ghost Cup because... The way cars drive through him and everything except his bullets are intangible and his bullets leave trails of fire and can go around corners and stuff. That's a great character. 
I would yeah, he'll read... just fuck you up. Like, I... Hong Kong Ghost Cop will fuck you up. Yes, he will. I would read a whole series about Hong Kong Ghost Cop. Of course you would. It's the most you thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I, would, I would love it. Um... The other thing, anyway, Ben. The other thing, yeah. I'm sorry to keep cutting across you here. Um, it's okay. Isn't the Hong Kong Ghost Cop story quite quick and breezy? It, 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 it flies it, by. It, it... Yeah, you don't feel it. There's no, there's no. Um, I find I found all of these kind of flew by, Michael. Didn't I, they, Ben? That's an I interesting find myself thing. tearing through them, and yeah. then I'd be like, "Oh, okay, next issue. Okay, okay yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah." Okay, I was not greatly looking forward to reading back over this, worried that it wouldn't hold up, and I was thinking, "Oh, this might be a bit of a slog." And then I read the whole thing in about half an hour. And went, that was brilliant. More Hong Michael, Kong Ghost Cup. I think that's something that really sets it apart from all the other 90s comics. Mm. This has held up remarkably well, Remarkably Michael. well. Not like perfectly well. No, no. But I don't know whether it's John Cassidy's art because it's still very relevant and clean and mm. easy to read visually. Mm. I don't know if it's the way he designed the outfits of various characters. They're not that dated. No, it could be argued yeah. that Chiquita Wagner is a little bit dated yeah. because she had that kind of busty dominatrix thing that a lot of 90s characters had, latex, leather, etc. It could be argued that Elijah Snow's suit is a little bit old fashioned. It could be argued that the drummer has a very late 80s, early 90s aesthetic. But the fact is, all these characters are a bit fucking nuts. Yeah, so they're all a bit weird. Yeah, you forget. Yeah, they're all a bit odd. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the more interesting things to come out of it, Michael, is it, it's just held up remarkably well. Because yes. you and I had a discussion at the beginning. When did this come out? And it turns mm. out it came out in 1998. I thought it was 2006, ben. 2007. The last sputtering moments of the previous century. But Benjamin, one thing I thoroughly enjoy about it, having reread it recently, is even compared to Warren Ellis's recent work, I was surprised by how unwordy it is. And yeah. It's unworthy in a very, very, very good way in that it lets the art tell the story. Yeah. But it can do that because the art is so good, the art does tell the story. Yeah, it's true. I don't think this would be anything like it would be without John Cassidy. John Cassidy's art is mm, chef's kiss. But it's it's not hyper-realistic art and it's not incredibly detailed art. It is relatively simple and clean. To its benefit. But to the point where when I was reading those first couple of pages, I was looking and going, this is a bit sparse. This is a bit webcomic-y. This is a mm. bit... This wouldn't fly today. It probably would, obviously, because it's great. But um, yeah, it really does let the art do the talking, which is probably why it's so bright and breezy. I think it's... it's yeah, it's incredibly easy to read. So, like, I think it's interesting that you brought up Warren Ellis's later work because this is the seed from what I can tell, for anything Warren Ellis has done in the last 15 years. Well, this and Wildstorm, yeah, for sure. This and is kind I mean, of... Go on. No, no, you go on. Um, no, it's just interesting. Like, it has all the classic Warren Ellis beats. Uh, number one, interdimensional travel. If it's got interdimensional travel in it and a bit of a prick as a main character, it's Warren Ellis. That's how you know it's Warren Ellis. Yeah, that's how you know it's Warren Ellis. Um, and if that prick of a character has a kind of way too sexy female enforcer, that's how you know it's Warren Ellis. <laughs> that's how you know. Um, that's how you figure it all out. Now, hold on a second. And this is for my own personal interest. Who, where, where are the other ones like that? 
Trans Metropolitan has right. Spider Jerusalem and he has two big female bodyguards. One of them is oh. a big blonde, uh, kind of augmented young lady, and the other is a little punk chick that will kind of oh she'll kick the snot out of you. Ooh, oh, she'll kick the snot out of you. Um, he likes a big, strong, powerful lady to do the fighting for him. Mm. He's a fan. Um, I think. He he kind of builds his own lore again. My God, Warren Ellis loves building his own lore. He has yep. the Century Baby concept that we were introduced to, or not introduced to, sorry. He has the Century Baby concept that he introduces here that we see later with Jenny Sparks in The Authority. No, this is this is concurrent with The Authority. Jenny Sparks is already, okay. I think actually even slightly after The Authority. So Jenny Sparks is already on the blog okay. here. Okay, so he, he then he expands on the, the century baby concept, uh, people born at the turn of the century with immense power and a, a serious purpose. Yes, um, and a kind of an influence on society. Yes. They, they become kind of avatars of some aspect of society. Yes, Which apparently is, uh, Elijah Snow is the bloody cold. Um, yes. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's super interesting from that point of view. Um and I think one of the things I appreciated the most was there's a lot of subtlety in this that you don't see in a lot of Warren Ellis stuff later on. Go on. Um, there's there's a lot of... For example, we don't know that Elijah Snow is losing his memory until much later in the arc. Um, yeah, that's true. Yep. We're initially introduced to him and he only slowly reveals that, oh, actually, <laughs> I've been having a few uh, blank spots there in the mind. Um, I'm not actually sure how this works. Um, and I think... The, the two other characters are, are quite interesting in that regard as well. I think you're expecting something very different from Jakita Wagner's character and there's a lot of complexity to that character that you maybe don't get with other kind of dynamic female femme fatale enforcer type gals. And you're reading this from the first six issues, are you? What what where was the interest? What what was different? Oh well there's about the little it? bit there's the there's the little bit where she kind of keeps the drummer in line when he's a little bit rude to Mr. Snow. There's the little bit where she kind of has the concern for Elijah Snow during the, the run in with uh oh what's his name? He's another leather, but he's not Brett Leather, he's William. William Leather, that's it, thank you very much. Um who's the analogue for Johnny Storm here? Yeah, he's the human torch band, but he's a real prick. Um, and there's a lot of that going on. Um, there's a couple of other classic Warren Ellis beats. Uh, the reading information uh, in the ether kind of thing that the drummer does, that's pretty much Jack Hawksmore by another name. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> the same kind yeah, of thing. There is that. And of course, reading ben, a place. Yeah, 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 for sure. Michael, maybe you could clear this up for me. Is this supposed to be set in the same universe as... Yes, it is. The it's set in the same universe as the Authority, and therefore also the wilder, the wider Wildstorm universe. And that's one of the tricky things about it because, um, they're two very different series. They are. And I have read Ben, and it's outside the remit of this, really. But I've read the Authority and Planetary crossover, and because Planetary is an investigative agency, not really a superhero team. Not it's not. A, it 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 doesn't really mesh very well. They're they're no. not going to come across each other really, but mm. it's interesting that they that they exist in the same universe. But yeah, it, it works. It works just fine. I wouldn't say it works better, but it works plenty fine. Ben, taken as its own thing, you don't need to know what's going on in the Wildstorm universe. Yeah, you don't need to know who's superheroes and what's going on because every now and then you can kind of get the wrinkle of. Oh, it would be great if this wasn't set in an existing superhero universe. For example, Ben, in the Fantastic Four, but they're pricks issue. Yes. Um, 
Issue when six. The, yeah, when the Fantastic Four go to space. Fantastic pricks, yes. The Fantastic Four. When they go into space <laughs> um, and they cross the multiversal barrier and they come back with superpowers, um, they say, like, it should be this great mystery of how they've come back with superpowers. But Ellis has to say... It was no known other cause of superpowers, nor was it the Caribamites or the, you know, he has to say it was yeah. none of the, he has to explain all of that. Um, yeah. Because it's in an existing superhero universe, which is a tiny, tiny little niggle. But yeah. um, <laughs> it, it is interesting, though, that um, that uh, that. It, it 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 would work better in some senses if it was a, a universe where mystery exists, but not so many superheroes. Mm. Mm. I I really like Ben uh, the fifth issue, the one about the man who goes on a spaceship. Uh, is that issue four or issue five? I thought that was issue five. Is that is that Mister Wilder? Yes, private detective turned. I think I think that's issue four. But it could, I could be. be wrong. It could be issue. Anyway, four. doesn't matter. Bloody, uh, throw your mind back to New York, ladies and gentlemen. You've already seen this. But basically, bloody private detective for the Hart Corporation, which is a legacy corporation. I think it's supposed to be like a little Stark reference or something like that. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Okay, um, maybe. And the Hark Corporation uh, has a bloody big bomb set off. And underneath that is revealed to be a kind of, I don't know. A plinth? A powerful lodestone. Like yeah. A plinth. Um and who who bloody comes across a mugging just outside the area where Planetary's doing their investigation? Bloody, bloody John Wilder. And yeah. John Wilder bloody does a chase because he notices a mugging and he's like, hey, that's not okay. I'll sort this out. And he chases the mugger. The mugger runs through the tent where Planetary are doing the little investigation. And then he gets, uh, but he stands on the plinth, Michael. And he gets transported off to a ship. Yeah. And then what um, happens? And there's a, very, there's a very Kal-El Superman-esque quality Mm. to him after that he kind of inherits a suit of immense power so he can steer the ship into space yeah what i really like Uh, about that story is he is fully aware and cognizant of what's going on it's it's not this great mystery of oh what's happened and do you know where's your memory it's just oh yeah no it's spaceship and it wants me to be the pilot so i have to find some other people sound spaceship chose me lads yeah and it's uh i really like that issue but what i really really like about that issue ben is that that's a really great example of where Warren Ellis trusts, I imagine, John Cassidy to let the art tell the story. Because, ooh-ee, what look art at, it is. Look at that ship, Ben. I want to go on that ship. It's a big, beautiful ship. Mm. I don't know what it is about Warren Ellis and big, interdimensional, beautiful ships. He does love a big, interdimensional, semi-sentient ship. Yeah, that and white suits. Yeah. He's big on white suits. I don't there know are, uh, yeah, I mean... The- parallels with the authority in this and that shift ship i mean that's the authority's base is a shift ship just like that with a very similar story where it got stranded in earth's orbit and its crew died and it had to find a new crew um it's real bad look for those ships (laughs) so what ben what did you think of the implication that it it was what that ship crashing was what killed the dinosaurs uh, look, I mean, I think you can play around with whatever you want in this world. I think it's, it's perfectly fine. In fact, I think Warren Ellis would tell you, well, isn't everything just a story? Yeah. So why isn't my story as good as your bloody yeah, story? What if, what if ghosts did kill the, the 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 dinosaurs and so on? Yeah. And what if what if the Fantastic Four were a bloody bunch of pricks? Yeah. Um, 
I, I think it's such an interesting comic, Michael, and I can't believe it took me this long to read it. it um, there is a, a fair amount of uh, Warren Ellis's obsession with uh, secret histories as well, isn't there? Ah, yeah. Look, it has all the Warren... So just to just to run through the checklist of what I okay. noticed about the Warren Ellis right, um, thing. First of all, it's a team. Yeah. Okay? He doesn't do solo acts. He does trios or quintets. Um, going up against things. He does big secret events that shape mankind. That's a big thing. We get to see it in Injection. We get to see it in this. We get to see it in The Authority. Mm-hmm. Yada, yada, yada. He does big bloody covert operations that nobody's aware of until it's too bloody the late. The past of the new um, industrial military complex. That's another big complex. one for him. Yep. He does a big bloody bastard who doesn't mind taking a couple of lives. Yep. Um, he does and this is going to sound odd but he does a black man who's absolutely lethal not in this he doesn't in a white suit so in in this it's um, in this it's another guy but in Injection we get um, in Injection we get another character like that Secret Agent Man is such a big thing for Warren Ellis yeah, yeah. loves a Secret, loves secret agent. Loves a secret agent. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just all there, really. It's everything Warren Ellis loves now, ben, in one big comic. Let's not be too effusive about it. It does have its issues. Yeah, go on. My one issue with it... Well, I have a couple of issues. One issue is, I don't... I think John... As I keep going on about it, I think John Cassidy's art is amazing. But he doesn't consistently render a face. He, no. I mean, Jaquita Wagner... I don't know if she's attractive or she's all wonky. Because from panel to panel, she goes a bit wonky. It's um, it's odd. He doesn't seem to be able to consistently render uh, a face. It's the costumes and the hair that sell the character. Not really any consistent facial features. But if he didn't have that, we'd have a problem. You would. You might have a bit of a problem. And some of the dialogue is a bit nineties, Ben. Mm, Uh, Ben, if if you don't, Ben, if you don't, I can't remember any exactly. But you can just summarize it with like. Bizarre threats and Ben, if you don't shut up, I'm gonna stamp you so hard I can put you in an envelope and post you to the ghost of Hitler in his secret bunker. Oh god! You know what I mean? Such threats. Yeah. Or like, threats. if you don't be quiet, I'm gonna kick you so hard that your balls erupt out your ears and tie around your neck. Ah, oh, classic. <laughs> you know. Classic. You know what I mean? You've used that on me several yeah. times. There, there's a lot of that though. There's a lot of um, '90s sassy talk. Sass talk. Yeah, 90s sass talk, specifically. Yeah, the best kind of sass talk. Um, So yeah, I mean, I I thoroughly enjoyed it, Michael. I can't believe it's taking me this long. I know know it has its flaws, but I do think it's held up remarkably better than a lot of its counterparts. It has, it has. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I would say this is held up slightly better than The Authority. I might agree with you there, to be honest, because um, Mm. The Authority really depended on its kind of... um, widescreen appeal. And it might just be, Ben, that The Authority... Although this has undoubtedly had an influence on comics, the authority did so more to the point where every superhero theme team these days is like the authority. Whereas Yeah, they all have they all have real personalities. Yeah. Whereas and conflicts. Even now there's nothing quite like this. No, I don't think I've ever found anything like that ever again. You know, and I think there have been a few attempts, even from Ellis himself. Yeah. But I don't think he's ever recaptured that old uh, lightning in a bottle. I tell you what, though, Ben, I, I'm not surprised this appealed to you in many ways because you have seen something a little bit like this. And it's something you hold quite dear to your heart, Ben. It's the SCP Book Foundation. 
It is. It is, Michael. Planetary. Like, oh, good. Planetary in many Such ways. Revelations. Exactly. Planetary in many ways is like the SCP. They're archaeologists and explorers of weird stuff and the impossible happenings, who also just Michael, happen to be badasses. Me. You hit me in my sweet spot. See what I'm saying? Look at you. See what I'm saying? Look at you with a keen insight into what makes me tick. See what I'm saying? Mm. He's absolutely right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, it, it, you've no idea how much it pisses me off that he's right, but he is absolutely right. Yeah. Oh, I hate when he has a keen See, insight ben, into my it's inner It's a keen thinkings. insight. It's a keen insight. I, I love this comic, yeah. though, and I strongly recommend that you read all the rest of them. I actually particularly love, though, these first six issues with their little independent story to- stories told in one issue. All the while hinting at this kind of greater mystery in the background. And because also... You're man for vignettes. Also, Hong Kong Kung Fu yeah. Ghost Cop. Yeah, Hong Kong Kung Fu Ghost Cop is a winner. So what should people read, Michael, if they enjoyed this bad boy? Well, the rest of this... Yes. Um, I th- We're always coming back to this bloody thing as well. But I mean, there is the modern reimagining of, of the retelling of Warren Ellis' stories from 20 years ago. Um, the Wild Storm. Yeah. And which is such an interesting thing now that you kind of read. I know, isn't it? And I mean, and I, like, oh, okay. I think it's inevitable that these characters will show up in the wild storm at some stage as well, which is, which yeah, they will must. be, will be interesting too. Um, they're the two big ones really, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's much else, anything but Warren else do you. Um, if you're into those various stories, I mean, I suppose Alan Moore's League of Extraordinary yes, Gentlemen. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Sorry. This, this kind of old old school pulp, his more Victorian novel return. Yes, you're right. But if you're into that kind of bringing back of old characters, yes. stuff like that, that'd be, also, that'd be a sweet spot for you. Also, Alan Moore's run on Tom Strong from around this same period oh, yeah. has a lot of the same feeling and themes of, you know, yeah. the archaeology of weird stuff and... Um, pulp characters come back to life. You you might also enjoy then Flex Mentallo by Grant Morrison. Mm. If that's your kind of if that's your bag, baby, it is my bag. Then. Bag, it baby. is my bag. Um, well, well, that's it from us, Michael. Um, for for this week, we, we've bloody we've bloody done like, it. Like Warren Ellis, um, we've kept it brief and snappy. Hey, hey, a little dig at the man we just praised. Um, so, what? I don't know what we're doing in two weeks' time, Michael. Uh, uh, do you have anything? Probably a comic. Yeah, yeah you got that. Um, no. Would you like to do a little horror comic in two weeks' time, Michael? Yeah. Okay, we'll do the bloody ice cream man. Oh, yeah, I've never Image read comics. it. Never read it. Okay, that's something um, to look forward to. So, volume one of the ice cream man in two weeks' time, ladies and gentlemen, from Image Comics. I'm not sure who the writer is right now, which isn't great, but that's what we'll be doing. You can't miss it. The ice cream man. It's Jeff Lemire, Image is Comics. It? See you there. It could be Jeff Lemire. But um, it, it's bloody interesting, Michael, and I think you'll, you'll be able to sink your teeth into it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, do you have anything you'd like to have covered here on Collecting Issues? Well, do get in touch with us. There's lots of places you can do that. SeanRabug.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. He's tiny room in Irish. It does indeed. You can find us on Le Gram at SeanRabug, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G. It still means tiny room in Irish. Uh, and then moving on from there ladies and gentlemen if you listen to us on Spotify yeah. which let's face it you probably are yeah, makes sense. Um, 
Give us an L follow and share us out to all your pals. I'm sure many of the people who do listen to this are probably big fans of the old 90s comic regime. So uh, send it out and tell us if we were horrifically wrong or bang on the money. Yeah, bang on the money because um, it's great. Because it's great. Uh, and that's it from us this week. Bye. Okay, bye everybody.